Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. I think we do a lot of hiding without realizing that we're hiding. I was actually mm-hmm. talking to a friend the other day about how I had an epiphany that like there's something I there's some there's a goal that I have, there's something I want to change, right? And I'm working on making that change. And that change, I feel like in it itself, it's a form of hiding, right? It's it's like giving in to what Stephen Pressfield calls resistance. Mm. Right. So we're talking about that force, that thing that's standing between the us that you know the us that we are and the us that we could become on um, this type of resistance and so it's like you know what i'd like to hide less in that way and so i've made a commitment there and yet i found you know what i need to i need to tell this to meredith i need to say this to this friend right and it took me a bit and i realized i was hiding from the talking about the thing that i feel like is hiding and today's guest is eric eustace When I first fell in love with branding and just been intrigued by it, this was probably, uh, geez, I don't even know, this past summer, honestly. And I reached out, I looked around on the internet and found ofthesea.com and found Eric. And I just found him on LinkedIn, messaged him, asked him if he had time for me to just a quick call to pick his brain about a few things. And we have been staying in touch ever since. And so I am excited to finally have recorded a conversation with him. And it's just sticking with the theme of 2021 thus far. And that is how astonishing it is to me that in everything, no matter what it is you're doing, working on your individuality, bettering who you are, benefits whatever it is you're doing. And the similarities between running a brand, running a business, running a company, and the things you need to do as an individual, the things you need to become aware of, the overlap is insane. And we get into that here once again, because I love it. I absolutely love the fact that if anybody, no matter what you are doing, whether you're working at McDonald's, whether you're working at a gas station, whether you're the CEO of a company, becoming a better individual, being introspective, looking at yourself, how can I change? What do I need to work on in myself? Benefits everything you do. So enjoy this conversation with Eric. Enjoy this podcast. As I always say every week, none of this is possible without you and your ears listening because you guys are awesome. It has been strange. I'm in another identity crisis, whatever. And you guys are always here. This is my centering point, this podcast. You listen to me talk. You listen to me bitch and complain. You listen to me cry. You listen to me laugh, make jokes. Maybe even listen to me and you don't have the same opinion as me. So thank you for being here. I'm grateful. Talk to you guys next week. Peace. I originally reached out to you. When was it? This past summer, right? When when I just kind of came across your yeah, website yeah. And, and just kind of dove out. And I, I love your I love your content. I love your guys' style. I love the humor in it. I mean, it's always good fun. 
But give Thank me, you. A, you know, give give me a rundown of your business, what you're doing, and then we can kind of get another stuff. I have a way I always want to go with this, and I kind of uh, watched your opening video on your webpage. I'm like, this is a whole episode content right here. So I want to kind of dig into that with you a little bit, and but first, just oh, you know, sure. give yeah. a lowdown of who you are, what you do, Eric. Yeah, I'm Eric Eustis. Uh, I'm a brand st- strategist and copywriter. Technically speaking, I started an advertising agency uh, called Of the Sea. We actually are celebrating 10 years in oh, about nice. a week, Valentine's Day, actually. Yeah, is our 10th anniversary. So I guess people say that's a big deal. And uh, yeah, so I say that we um, build brands and create ads that um, demand attention, defy expectations, and create conversations. And we feel like if we're doing that for our clients, um, that they're going to um, they're going to get leads, um, they're going to grow their businesses. And um, so far, over the past ten years or so, that's kind of how it's worked. So we're we're thankful for that. Do you how many employees do you have at your place? Uh, so there's three of us total. It's myself, and I've got a, a brand manager, Kaylin, and uh, a marketing coordinator and kind of project manager, Bailey. Okay, awesome. Ten years, yeah. yeah. That's uh, and which I just found out this afternoon, or I should say this morning, that you, you named Of The Sea, it's after your wife, that's what Meredith means? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when um, I had to come up with a name for the business, uh, I wanted to do something that perhaps suggested a story or a, or a world, you know, something mm-hmm. that was obviously creative and, you know, symbolic and whatnot, just being what we do. And I figured, you know, all the good things in my adult life up to that point had been a direct result of, you know, my wife, Meredith. And so um, when we were first married, and so we will be married um, 17 years uh, this summer. Uh, when we were first married, I was still in the, the zone of getting tattoos. And uh, I got a tattoo on my right forearm of a mermaid and uh, the little kind of underwater scene. And there's a little like life preserver next to it. And it says of the sea. And that was kind of like, you know, okay. so I, I remembered that. And I was like, you know what? That actually would make, I think, a pretty nasty name for uh, for an advertising agency. So. <laughs> Was and that like, was that, did you decide the name? Like as you were trying to find one in the, uh, you know how you got to go on the computer and find out, make sure it's not taken. Was that like a last second thing or? Uh, it, no, it just kind of happened. I don't know. Like I just, I just knew that it was the name and then yes, obviously you got to make sure that it's available. And so, you know, I had an attorney that I was working with. I'm like, this is what I want to call it. And he's like, okay, let me, let me make sure that you cool. can, yeah. you can do that in New York state. There's no one else doing that. And, uh, thankfully there wasn't. So. Yeah. That, that's a pretty, uh, unique name. I, that would be pretty crazy if somebody else did it. I was even room nine. I was like, there's no way somebody's going to have a, a company named room nine. Yeah. I, there were, there are even a few of the C's out there. Um, you, you know, I mean, it's a big world, right? So you do, mm-hmm. you know, encounter some things, but, uh, nothing, anywhere near here and nothing close to anything that we're really doing, you know? So, well, I mean, it's, it's funny because I have, I kind of just realized this podcast is a chronicle of my conversations. Like it has really no point to it. I just love conversing and I just record them pretty much and post them up there. And I've found, so people are probably who listen. I've done obviously a lot of people have sharing their story of recovery and mental health stuff. And people are probably like, well, why is why is he starting to talk about brand and all that shit now? And it's funny because obviously I'm trying to build something, trying to make money, trying to earn a living and all of that, along with helping people and storytelling. And I realized as we had a phone conversation about this for like an hour a few weeks ago, how much a business, a brand is like a person, an individual and what you have to do to manage that. 
um, reputation association, I believe is the word, big word you like for brand. And it's hilarious because yeah. when I went to your website and watched your that video, I believe it's right on your homepage. I'm just listening to it and you could watch it or even just hear it, not know anything about it. And you would think it's about somebody trying to help people. Like, mm-hmm. and it, you know, I mean, if you take out the word brand, you take out the word marketing, it, you really feel like it's somebody trying to help people. And I wrote it down. And I mean, this is just some of the lines in there. If you want to be, you want to be true as possible as you possibly can. We, we as human beings all long for it, but so much of what we do is false. And I love that because a part of my last three years of my life have been your actions need to match your words. You know, that's how you know somebody's truth. And that's something I've tried to live by for very uh, rigorously the last th- three years. And that's so huge. And that's what brands need to do. That's what people want. They want real people. And I think that's why I love the whole business thing and how it's changing. And I love that approach you take. So, I mean, I guess just kind of tell me a little bit more about that. And I mean, if you agree with that, as far as is it companies and individual brands and individual and how you kind of take that approach. Sure. Yeah. I appreciate you suggesting that it sounds like somebody's trying to help people because that is what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, we're dealing with, you know, with businesses and brands, but really these these brands are extensions, right? We work with a lot of small to medium-sized businesses, a lot of owner-operator businesses, you know, so the people who started it or, or a generation that's currently, you know, running it are very involved in the day-to-day of it. And, you know, so oftentimes it's, you know, it's their values, it's their worldview, it's their personality that really are shaping and shining through in what they do and how they do it and how they interact with their customers. So, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know where any of this, you, you read, you study, you, you, you know, you learn from other people and you just kind of, you pick up pieces along the way and you integrate it into your method, right. Or your own, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like personal philosophy of, of whatever the thing is that you're, you're, you're doing. So I don't always know where exactly where all these things come from, but it did occur to me at some point that there wasn't really much difference in thinking about a, business or a brand than thinking about an individual. All right. So I thought, you know, what if that, what if that were true? They think about your business as if it were a person, what kind of person would it be? Right. Like Mm -hmm. it would have uh, a set of values and everyone has values. Everyone, every organization has them. Every person has them. We might not know what they are. We might not have names for them. Right. But everybody has them. And these values, they, they drive our worldview what we stand for, what we stand against, how we carry ourselves, all this sort of stuff, you know, it's influenced by your values. Really, I say your worldview is it's your values in action, right? And so mm-hmm. it's it's true of people. So why couldn't it be true of a brand? Why couldn't it be true of a, of a business, you know? And then just like people do, then, you know, businesses would have a personality. It would make sense to me, you know, that they would have a personality. And along the way, I, I learned some things from um, from Roy Williams and from uh, a gentleman named David Freeman, who he's a screenwriter, screenwriting coach out of Hollywood. Uh, and he uh, had taught a course called Beyond Structure that I was fortunate enough to be a part of. And he um, basically showed us how you can use um, the thinking that great writers and, you know, author screenplay writers use to create really compelling and complex and dynamic characters mm-hmm. and then dialogues and then plots and all that sort of stuff. And so it's like, yeah, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that be true of personality? Right. You know, and, and when it comes to personality, when it works well, like in a work of fiction, these characters, they have a certain amount of these traits. Like they don't have an, an innumerable amount of personality traits. Right. And you have to have enough to be interesting, but not too many, because then you're confusing, <laughs> right? You know, it's kind of like multiple personality disorder kind of thing going mm-hmm. on there. So yeah, so we kind of 
put that into the mix and it's just started to shape up to say, really, you could look at a business like you were to look at a person and then just apply that thinking. And so that's kind of what we've done. And that's where things like that video that you reference, um, we titled being true. And that's, you know, kind of taking that thinking and then kind of, I guess, pairing that with that, like you kind of referenced it, that longing that every individual has, mm -hmm. right? That we know there's certain, there's things, you know, that you can't always explain or express. And I think there is this longing to be genuine that everyone, even when you're not able to do it, even when perhaps you pull the punch out of fear or whatever, right? I think we all have that longing and we all have this, like we we're drawn to it, but then there's things that get in the way of us doing it. We've talked about some of this, yep, yep. some of this stuff, you know, a book was recommended to me recently. Uh, it's called who not how, and it's, um, and now I'm going to forget the the author, but it's, um, it was written in collaboration with a guy named Dan Sullivan, who uh, is like a, a business coach and strategist. I think he has a pretty healthy organization. I think he's been around for a long time. Um, kind of new to me, but the sense that I get is he's kind of a big deal in that space. And there's this little, like just little tiny excerpt in the beginning of the book where they mention someone's definition of hell. And it goes like this. The definition of hell is it's your last day alive on earth and you meet the person that you could have become. And I think that's really, really powerful because when I think about myself and um, that that the feelings that I have about my own, you know, my own identity, my own life, my own accomplishments or or shortfalls, you know, I don't know. It just resonates with me that there is this better, truer, more powerful, more me version of me that I know I could be dreams that I have. I don't know why I have the, these ideas, but I think I could maybe do these things. Mm -hmm. And then there's this big piece of me that like, just is afraid of that and is getting stands in the way of that, you know? And I think the game really is to try to minimize that piece of you, right. That is preventing you from being who you really could be. And I think we talk about that kind of like being true. And so that's why we apply to the brands and businesses, right? You know, like there's this you that you already are and it's true and it's beautiful as it is. And then there's things about it that could be more, right? Or could be less, you know, and, and it's about figuring out how do you constantly over time, you know, evolve and become more and more of those true things and less and less of the false things, the things that are going to stand in the way of you really being the most powerful and profound version of your brand, let's say. Whew, yeah. And, and again, I'm about you bounce back and forth. Are we still talking about brand and business? Because it gets deep. Well, that's what I think. It's like there, to me, there's like it's a thin veil between the two. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. They, there's so much overlap. And I think that's what gets me so excited about learning about all, all of this stuff is because I love that the shift that is changing to where it's just, you know, being honest and bringing value to one another. Eric, so what is uh when you get with so if a business comes with you, do you just work with whoever or is it somebody that's got to have like values that align with you when you're trying to help them? Do you, do you ever get that uh, customer, whoever came and just didn't want to do the work inward and just kind of wanted you to be an order taker and just do something. I don't know what your kind of general experience with that is. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, it makes me think of a couple of things. Definitely. There have been instances where we scare people away. 
because you start yep. talking about this stuff and they, this is not what they expected. And it's also not what they want, right. For whatever reason, I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to know why, mm -hmm. but it's, and that's great to me. All right. And that's why I think that we always um, recommend that you wear your heart on your sleeve. Right. And that doesn't mean you have to be emotional per se. Right. But the idea that you you're vulnerable, right. You know who you yeah. are and you're willing to be that or you're willing to express that because people like in sales, you know, like the, there's the idea of mirroring. There's, you know, it's like, how do I kind of project, you know, what I think <laughs> you're going to want to hear, see, think, feel to get us to work together? You know, um, and I think that a simpler um, and less stressful tactic perhaps would be to just be a really kind of like full figured version of yourself. And then the other person will either be into that because they're like, yes, like I think that the world mm -hmm. works that way, too. Or I think people I think that's what's <laughs> important about people or, you know, or they're going to say, no, I don't think that's the way that it works. And because of that, I'm not connecting with you. I'm not clicking with you. And so, no, I don't really want to do that kind of work. And then to me, that's fantastic then, right? Because it spares everybody from probably a really kind of crappy, <laughs> lingering kind of relationship that doesn't really deliver results, you know, or joy for anybody. And like life and business is hard enough, right? Like why yeah. make it harder by connecting up with people that you really shouldn't be connected to? So I think that that happens sometimes. And I think more often than not, we don't even meet these people because we're projecting this through the way that we That's the point, right? <laughs> message, right? Exactly. We don't even meet these people because they know going in that we're going to annoy them, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's great. And it spares us a lot of time. There have been instances where, where we've met with people and from a, you mentioned values from a value standpoint. Um, yeah, we don't click. And it's not like it's, you know, a conversation that we have to discuss each other's values. It's just, you can tell the things that we're talking about and then the things that they're talking about and what's important to them. And you start to realize that's fine for them to think that way, mm -hmm. to feel that way, to want that out of their business or want that. Out. But like, I don't agree with that, or I'm not into that. I can't get excited about it. So no, I'm not going to try to, again, find some way to, to make this thing work. Right. Cause we don't really share the same values. And I think that that is really important. You're just taking the money then. If you're able to actually get that relationship, I think you're just taking mm -hmm. the money and you're setting yourself up for a rough ride. Problem, you're not problem gonna, you're client. Not gonna, you're, yeah, you're not going to fulfill expectations um, because you don't really deep down believe that they should be doing what they're doing the way that they're doing it. You can respect it and say that you could do that, mm -hmm. but you're not really into it. How are you going to help them do that? How are you going to help them do that better? right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can't personally own it, right? So it's not like every client we work with, like I have this like deep abiding, like intrinsic passion for the product or service that they, they offer, right? To me, that's even like, that's less important. It is, who are these people? What are they about? What are they trying to accomplish, right? What's the change that they're trying to make? What's the good that they're trying to create? And if we're on board there and I think I can have an interest in the topic of what they do, because that is, there's some importance there, right? Some mm -hmm. interest there, then yeah, then we're good, you know, and we're going to have um, a great relationship. Yeah. Do you find sometimes for me, I love, especially like doing podcasts and just having conversations with people in general, when somebody themselves is truly passionate about something, truly excited, excited about something that always wears off on me. And even if I'm not generally interested in it, 
I can be excited about the conversation and be listening because this person's passion is coming up. And I mean, I think then you can even work with people through that. I think that's a huge piece of it. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I, and I also love to, again, kind of making sure I, I constantly use this analogy is it's just like an individual. You run into people, you have to be vulnerable. And if somebody doesn't like you for who you are, that's fine. But peace, right? And yet yeah, we still absolutely. we still run around trying to be a certain way. Even with my girlfriend, I've been with her for seven years. She has been with me through my addiction. She has stood by me. She's my best friend. And I still catch myself every once in a while not wanting to be vulnerable. Mm. And it's just so crazy. So imagine that for a business or a corporation or you know anything. Somebody who has a gigantic audience has 12 million Christines running around in their life. <laughs> You know, that's, that's a, that's a pressure. That sounds you know? very complicated. 12 million Christines. <laughs> Cause I'm sure one Christine is like perfectly enough. Right. So yes. yeah, no, I love that though. And I, I think, um, you know, I think that's an excellent, I think observation and, and, and your self-awareness there is I think admirable. I think we do a lot of hiding without realizing that we're hiding. I was actually mm -hmm. talking to a friend the other day about how I had an epiphany that like, there's something I, there's some, there's a goal that I have. There's something I want to change. Right. And I'm working on making that change and that change. I feel like in it itself, it's a form of hiding. Right. It's it's like giving into what Stephen Pressfield calls resistance. Mm. Right. So we're talking about that force, that thing that's standing between the us that, you know, the us that we are and the us that we could become on um, this type of resistance. And so it's like, you know what, I'd like to hide less in that way. And so I've made a commitment there. And yet I found, you know what, I need to I need to tell this to Meredith. I need to say this to this friend, right? And it took me a bit and I realized I was hiding from the talking about the thing that I feel like is hiding. If that like if that makes sense it makes and sense. it's not too yeah. weird, but it's just I just it's so like how deep it is, right? And how twisted it can be and how there seems to be this real not there isn't this natural tendency towards vulnerability, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There is a natural tendency towards hiding, towards protecting yourself for whatever reason. So usually some type of fear, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so when it comes to 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 brands, I think, yeah, it's like, well, this all sounds good on paper. All right. Like let's be ourselves. Let's show our flaws. Let's not, let's not suggest that we're perfect. I mean, that's something that companies do all the time, right? Yep. And I guess we're seeing less and less of it these days because I think this is an idea that's kind of like, you know, Growing. becoming more understood, you know, is that you don't have to be perfect and that actually perfection actually signals. Yeah, actually, or signal because it just, because no one believes it. Yeah. Because no doesn't one believes, because exactly, because we are, we all pretty much know it doesn't work that way, right? Mm -hmm. So, like when you suggest that it works that way, whether we consciously do it or not, there is something in us that's like, oh, that's bullshit, right? Like our bullshit, it, it's oh, that's bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, it's like okay, that sounds good on paper, but like when you go to do it, now it's like, oh, well, but what if, what if we turn somebody off? What if people don't like that? What you know, it's all this sort of stuff, and it's it's. Um, Yes, absolutely. Right. There are going to be people. We tell our clients, you will get complaints about what we're doing. If we do, if you don't get any negative feedback at we all, we did something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't strong enough. And I don't mean strong, like obnoxious or like whatever, you know, but they just, it was not powerful enough. Right. And so Roy Williams, again, you know, I'm kind of a sycophant of Roy Williams. And mm -hmm. so he says, you know, he quotes this from Ellie Wiesel. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. But then Roy takes it and says, so like if you have a communication or an idea that's not strong enough to make someone hate you for it or disagree with mm -hmm. you, 
then it's not strong enough to make someone love you for it or strongly agree with you, right? So we want the raving fans. We want the praise. We want, as an individual and as a company, we want people to say, I see who you really are and you are awesome that way and I love it. I love you for that and I want to get closer to you and be more in your life because of it. We want that, but it's hard to do the things that will cause that because we're afraid of the flip side of that coin, which is the rejection, hmm. right? Which then becomes the confirmation of the secret lie that we've been telling ourselves all along is that we're not that worthy. We're not that valuable. We're not that good at what we do. Our competitors are better. Or I'm a charlatan, this imposter syndrome, like all of that <laughs> stuff that comes along with it, right? Sounds like my life right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it sounds like it sounds like my life. I mean, honestly, like, you know, I, I, I talk from experience, right? This isn't yeah. just like from observing other people. It's from observing myself. Uh, you know, again, it's been said that something to the effect of I'll probably butcher this, but the truth that's like taught to you or like given to you is really not yours. The only truth that you really have is the truth that you experience, mm. right? Yep. And I think, you know, as, as a parent, I'm getting to appreciate this more. You can tell your kids certain things. You can try to teach them certain things, but at the end of the day, the only way that they really are going to learn and appreciate it is by experiencing it themselves. And they got to do that on their own hmm. in a way, right? Yeah. So yeah, so I, I just think that, I think these are true. These these ideas are true because I I know them to be true from experience and I'm still learning. I'm still struggling with, can I live up to my own ideas and my own ambitions and my own visions? And can I trust them? Can I believe that they're that they're true? Can I believe that they're good and that I actually could be the person to make those things happen? Hmm. And on the outside, when you have some level of like, what well, we call it success or like, so we've been around for 10 years, right? You know, obviously I'm going to be critical, more critical from the inside than others might be from the outside. But we'll say like, oh, it works. You've been doing this for 10 years. It works. You've got clients. You've got clients that have been with you since the beginning, right? Hmm. You know, these clients, their businesses grow. You're a success. But then they don't, they don't see everything else, right? You know, and they don't know that could, that could be it, but maybe, maybe I think we're playing it safe. Maybe I think that like we've figured out how to like do this thing and keep this going. But honestly, that's not the bold move for us anymore. That's mm. not the challenging thing. Maybe that's the safe thing. Maybe staying where we're at is actually a form of hiding. And from the outside, people say that looks like success, but on the inside, you might not feel like a success at all. And I think that always, it comes down to, again, that idea, like, well, are you being true or not? Right. You know, yep. are you, do you know? And I think like being true is kind of like being generous. Like there, I don't know that there is really a line. It's like, okay, here you're generous here. You're not generous. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you're being generous or you're not, you know, like you're honoring yourself or you're not. And I think that brands can do the same thing. They can ask themselves those questions, you know, like, are we really being true to who we are? And are we willing to, are we willing to be bold in the pursuit of doing that? Or are we playing it safe? Are we hiding inside of this good, okay thing that works, right? You know, that we've been able to create. Do we think there's more? Are we willing to explore that? You know, are we willing to expose ourselves? And yes, in the process of succeeding, screw it up as we go, <laughs> right? Always. Yeah, I mean, that's something uh, that I've always tried to push out too with from the beginning of just even doing the podcast was 
if you pay attention why you're screwing up, why you're failing, it's like that's the quickest way to learn. Yeah, absolutely. How Eric? So how when you get with companies, how do you do? You do brand workshops? Do you get down, sit down with people? Do you just have conversations with them? How do you kind of find out what their truth is, or I guess I should say, how do you help them get to their truth? Yeah, it's um, it's a series of conversations that follow a bit of a framework, but then also kind of meander a little bit. But we know the pattern that we're trying to find, you know, and the kind of the pieces that we need. But yeah, it's it's, it's just spending time, honestly, mm-hmm. spending time and it's it's talking and it's asking questions and it's listening. And, and it's again, it's based on trying to observe what those values might be. So I don't go in with the preconceived notion. I'd say maybe it's 50% of the time, maybe not quite that much. Like we get with a, uh, with a client and they have a set of core values already. And I don't really pay too close attention to them in the beginning because I don't want to, um, I don't want to make assumptions, right? Yeah. So set those aside and we listen and we learn and, and we observe, you know, what we think they're actually based on what they do and don't do and how they do and don't do those things. We try to like reverse engineer to say, okay, we, here's what we think your values are, you know, because this is what you guys are doing. And if you wanted to drill this down to its core, it's this, and then we might go back and we might compare to the core values that they had previously stated. And sometimes you're like, yeah, these are actually, these are close or you know what they're close, but it's the, it's some of the words you're using to describe them, right? Maybe this is just a little bit more dialed in version of what you're trying to say. And oftentimes that's kind of what we're doing is we're helping them find new and more true ways to say old things that are true enough, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So, so yeah, but it is, it's a process of conversation and observation to be able to, 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 to then feed back. We think these are your values. We think these are, this is your worldview, what you believe. Um, this is your position in, in the marketplace. We think what you're trying to accomplish. This is, would be your personality traits, three to five, convergent, divergent. And again, there's a bit of a formula for that and other things that go along with that. And what we find is we are either incredible bullshitters, right? Or it's true that we are, this is just like the thing that we're really good at is being able to observe and feed back these things because pretty much every single time it's yes, yes, mm. yeah, this is it. This, yes, this is what, and it's, it's often like this is what we've been feeling, but we just haven't quite figured out how to say it. And once you give language to something, that unlocks doors, mm. right? And that allows you now to activate things in a way. And I don't fully understand all the science behind why that is. But I do think that that is the way that it is. When you're able to name things and and know what they are and be able to talk about them and and know now how where it allows you to figure out where they belong in the entire ecosystem. Like there's a lot that you get from that. And and it seems like my, this is like really kind of like sounds like psycho uh, mumbo jumbo a little bit. It sounds like a lot. Like when are we going to get to the thing that that like when are we get to the advertising? When are we <laughs> going to get to like the the stuff that you know that people are going to see that we think is going to actually drive results, you know, and so there is that that kind of patience that's required to do this. But it's just like when you see someone and I think oftentimes it's maybe more likely to see people that are uh, further uh, along in life, maybe a little older. And you're just like, why do they just seem to have it together? Why do they seem to like just know 
things? Why do they seem hmm. to have a composure and a capacity and a, you know all these things, right? Because they've lived a life, because they went through, they took the time to do the work, right? To allow them yeah. to live the life that they live, right? So again, thinking about people and businesses, like to me, it's just the same thing, right? Like <laughs> to do the self-work, it's hard to do that. It is. And it's, yes, it's, it is. it's messy and it's confusing and you're the worst at doing it for yourself. It is so easy to do it for other people. It is very hard to do for yourself, which is why <laughs> having a guide, right? Having a guide to do it, like people like you or I for a brand, people like a therapist or a counselor, right? For an individual or whatever that is. But yeah, but when it's just like when people do that work and they really commit to it, it works, right? Like it does. So I think that, um, I don't know. I think I'm going to start rambling, but. No, I mean, it's, it's awesome because you're right. A, that it's very difficult to go inward. It's very difficult to look at the things you suck at and try to change those, whether you're an individual, whether it's a personal brand or you're just a big brand or small brand, whatever. It's difficult to see the things you suck at and to kind of change those. And that's a big piece of anything in change is to go through that and find that courage to get up and just you know walk through it. And yeah, it's, it's funny because I was just, as you were saying it before you even talked about the individual and the therapist, I was like, there's a... Um, I had him on the podcast, Fabian Geierhalter. He's a brand strategist out from out mm -hmm. in the West Coast, and he's written a couple books. And one of his books is called Brand Therapy, and I always loved that because that's what it is. You're a you're a counselor <laughs> for brands. You're a counselor for companies and organizations and businesses. And it's just it's really it's not that much different, other than I guess mm -hmm. you have different kind of degrees you get or whatever. Or different kind of studies. Yeah, you actually don't need to have a degree to do yeah. the work that that we do, which is interesting i suppose you know no but, licensing I mean, no no regulatory board no none of that stuff like we could completely screw up a company right like think yeah. about it they're gonna trust you they're gonna take your advice yeah you know you tell them to do it they're probably gonna do it mm -hmm. you know so that is actually not that i'm vying for some sort of like regulatory <laughs> body over our industry but it is you know it is an interesting idea of the amount of influence when some when someone grants you that influence when they say we're going to allow you to come into our organization and help us walk us through this they trust you and they're going to believe you because they don't know mm -hmm. and so but they believe that you do and so i do try to remind my team like you know let's remember when we make recommendations and a lot of times there's money associated like you're going to pay money to go like to execute yeah. that thing, like this is real money. These are like, there are real consequences to this working or not working, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't ever have to deal with a, a brand that has struggled with heroin addiction and sexual abuse, but, <laughs> you know, you, you still have no, to, you still no. have people's <laughs> lives, you know, you know, they have homes, they have employees, they have that. And it is, there is a sense of responsibility I think we need to take when you sit down and take somebody's business and they're going to take your advice for it for sure which i think might have a lot to do with imposter syndrome coming up for so many people too or being scared and fearful yeah because i mean if you're a good person you want to do good work yep you and you want to help them and like the you know the the thought that that you might leave them worse off than before you got there is a really frightening idea mm -hmm. you know and the last thing you want to do is to be is to be that person you know, so which I think sometimes can be good to motivate you to really bring your best work. But I think it also could be great if we just weren't afraid of that. And we just gave <laughs> we just brought our best work, you know, just bring that it. would be OK. Yeah, that would be OK. 
That's great. Eric, I want to be mindful of your time, but I did want to touch on one thing that I also kind of seen. I seen it just was kind of at the bottom that you guys are partnered with, I think, LOL. What is it? And they supply clean water for pe- for neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for um, bringing them up. Yeah. Let them LOL. Um, let them nonprofit. LOL. Uh, yeah. An NGO. I think it's what non-governmental organization that's um, that was started in Clarence, New York, operates in Sierra Leone. Um, they started by creating clean water wells in Sierra Leone. One started with one well. The founders, Joe and Kate Vacanti, just wanted to build one well. Uh, and that turned into, and they actually, they did it by raising funds by creating a ringtone. So Joe has this like ridiculous cackle laugh, like just <laughs> if you're in public, you like can't be like, it's ridiculous. And so they recorded it and they sold it. And that's how they raised the money for their first well. That's awesome. And then that turned into more wells and that turned into there's kids who aren't in school and there are vulnerable communities over there and there are vulnerable women and there are uh, women giving birth and the mortality rate is ridiculous and so they were gifted land eventually and so we've been partnering with them over years to help them build out their campus over in sierra leone Um, they have children's homes uh, they have a school they have a medical clinic you know they're farming they're creating opportunity it's like it's incredible what mm-hmm. they're doing over there. And so just just recently, just within the past several weeks, um, they announced they're changing their name from Let Them LOL to Hope Rising. Okay. And uh, they have, they purchased this enormous grain elevator like complex, I think on Ganson Street, like not, right near Riverworks here in Buffalo, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to house operations out of there and they're building a, uh, an increased presence in Buffalo because they basically want to have an impact over there and they want to have an impact here inside of their local community. So yeah, so they're just doing some amazing things awesome. and we're thankful for their passion and their sacrifice and grateful that we have had enough success to be able to participate in what they're doing because that's really how we see it they're doing the work we're we're participating in, in it so yeah that's awesome yeah it was pretty cool and i think it said on their website your legacy partners yeah i guess you got to give a name to something right so yeah sure <laughs> that's cool this is where i get embarrassed yeah it's just we're again we're grateful to be able to participate in their work so yeah, yeah. that's awesome man well eric and then before you get out of here how, if somebody wants to just even check out what you guys got going on or get in touch with you or whatever where do they do that Sure. Yeah. It's easy to find us on the World Wide Web at ofthesea.com, at of the sea Buffalo on, on Instagram is another place. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course. So, you know, all those all those will work. I mean, people are pretty sophisticated now. I feel like they want to they want to yeah. find me. That's They'll right. Find me. They'll find you. They'll find, <laughs> I'll leave all the links to whenever I post this okay. episode. But hey, man, thanks for your time. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you for making the world a better place, too, because it's always great to have conversations with people who are making a difference, not only in life, but the business universe as well. Uh, Thanks. And I appreciate you, Sean, and uh, for having the guts to reach out to a stranger last summer and for (laughs) kickstarting that conversation. And we stay connected and I'm I'm grateful for you as well. So and I I love what you're doing here. And um, you also should be uh, I think should should be praised is the right word. I don't want to overly flatter, but (laughs) for the work that you're doing uh, and for the heart that you bring to your work. And um, yeah, I wish you a lot of success. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. So I will, uh, I'll stay in touch with you for sure. And I appreciate Uh, your time. 
All right, thanks, Sean. All right, brother. I'll see you.